I do speak a word to somebody at a, at a uh, convenient moment, and uh, it, it blessed me. Today, uh, they have, the, the doctors have changed the medication that I'm on, and uh, today I have absolutely no pain in my feet. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. Now, the, I contribute that to the Lord, okay? And, uh, man, I... Uh, Shoot, I can handle this stuff. Give me a whole bottle of this. I can handle that. Shoot. <laughs> I want to talk to you about uh, one of the most important and needed principles in the believer's arsenal for living a life of victory. Now, I, when, I, when I talk to you this morning, I don't want you to say, well, that is for someone else. That is not for me. I'm telling you what I'm going to share with you. All of us have to incorporate into our life if we are going to live a life of victory. And it's this, having and developing the ability to wait on God. If, if you and I do not allow and develop the ability of waiting on God, I'm telling you, your spiritual life is going to be a crash course. It is going to, it is, uh, I mean, you can tell when people aren't handling waiting very good. You can hear it in their conversation. You can read it on their face. Sometimes you don't have to ask people how they're doing. Just look at their face. Look at their countenance. And then, you know, so you know something's not working. Something hasn't connected. God wants us to live and learn how to live a life of victory here in this life now. You don't have to wait till you get to heaven to live in victory. I and Linda made a promise that when we gave our hearts to the Lord, if we couldn't enjoy living for God, we'd quit. It's true. Yeah. She's a go-go dancer. <laughs> and then the next question was, how does a guy who looks like me get a girl who looks like that? You work at it. You lie a lot. Shoot. Anything is no holds barred when you're after something. You know what I'm saying? You, lose, you use drugs or alcohol and anything you can use. No, I'm going to get I get carried away. Funny what you say under the anointing, isn't it? I can tell by looking that some of you are spiritually flabby this morning. And uh, you're used to 20-minute sermons. And so I asked Max to come up and preach today. And he's going to be preaching for the next hour and a half. And we'll see how many are spiritually fit when he leaves his place. <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to let him come up here and preach, and then we'll see. <laughs> Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 says this, to everything there is a season. To what? How many things? To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose. How many purposes? To every purpose under the heaven. Now, Joyce Myers writes, and I quote, and the reason I use Joyce Myers is because some, she's famous and some of you will believe her over me. Uh, she writes, and I quote in her book, our situation, whatever it may be, can change suddenly and quickly. But one thing is certain, before God moves on most occasions, it is after we have learned to wait. Now, she's pretty smart. I think she read my notes. In this building this morning, there are those who are in the midst of waiting on God to move on their behalf. 
all of us, at one time or another, or in the future, we will go through circumstances, situations where God puts us on hold. Now, I realize that God works instant miracles. All of us would, would readily agree this morning that sometimes He works instant miracles, and boy, we, we thank God for that. But most of the time, how many of you experience that sometimes, at some point, uh, in order for God to work His purposes in your life, He puts you on hold? <laughs> now, for some this morning, it could be a, a concerning a financial situation that you're, uh, you've been praying and waiting for God to give you a breakthrough in your, in your finances. For some, it could be a physical condition. And across this building, uh, we could call names of people who are going through sicknesses and going through the process of getting well and, and you know, handling all these in things, and they're in the process of waiting on God. For some, it could be that job, or you're waiting for that promotion, or you're waiting for the bid to come in, or whatever. Or for some, it's a family situation. They got children that are unsaved, and on drugs and their life is destroyed and all this other stuff. And they've been praying for years for members of the family and, and they've been put on hold and God hasn't answered their prayer yet. How are you going to handle that? Could be unsaved children. Could be uh, all, all, a lot of different things. Could be waiting for that someone special to come into your life. <laughs> or could be you're waiting for that someone special to get out of your life. <laughs> I've seen it go both ways. So you're wondering, you know, I mean, hey, you know, God works in mysterious ways. I wish he'd get him out of here. Wish he'd get her out of here. All right. All of us, all of us in this building today are waiting for Jesus to return. The church is waiting for Jesus to return. So all of us, no, no matter who you are in this building, you're waiting on something. And if you haven't got anything going on, in your life that you're trusting God for or waiting for God to answer, you're certainly waiting on Jesus to return. And I want to tell you what, it could be today. Israel is, uh, is, I tell you, lots of stuff going on. If you've been watching your news, you better get your traveling shoes on, folks. The church is about ready to get out of here. Now, but get this, God rarely does things according to our time frame. I hate that. Now, maybe you, some of you guys probably like that, but I don't. He rarely does things according to our time frame. And the problem with that is that because we live in an anti-weight society, our whole society is, is you know, the, the story is told of a man who's at, and you've probably seen him, you're waiting in, in line to get on an airline, and you've waited, and you've waited, and you've been sitting there at the gate for hours, and the plane that's supposed to be coming in, you're supposed to get on is late. Everybody's, you know frustrated and impatient and they're waiting to get in line and one man run up to the counter and told the hostess look I want on that plane I want on first class and I want it on right now and she said you'll have to wait your turn in line would you sir get, get back in line he said do you know who I am and she picked up the public address system said we have an emergency at gate 17 we have a man here who do not, does not know who he is would someone please come and identify him Waiting. We live in a society that gets frustrated with this thing called waiting. We have fast food services. Have it your way. We have microwave ovens. Microwave manna. Thank you, Jesus. Linda gets it often when I, pre when I cook, you know. Crash diets. Immediate cash. All these things are catered to our world's dislike for waiting. Waiting has become obsolete in the world that we live in. Nobody wants to wait. I want it now. 
I don't have to wait. I don't want to wait. And so I'm going to find some way of making it happen on my own. It has affected how the church operates. Our dislike for waiting has produced a seminar crowd who run to and fro and pay high prices for popular preachers who can give them a formula or a catchphrase or a program or a ritual for a quick fix to a long-term program. Problem. I went to one service and uh, I'm watching the ministry and, and uh, he, he's ministering and all at once he, 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 takes, he takes somebody and it starts turning them like this. And I'm back there and I'm going, that's interesting. I mean, Pentecostals, we do weird stuff. And uh, sometimes the weird stuff is a word from God for that moment. Well, I understand that. I mean, we've done a lot of crazy things at a moment from a word from God. So, but anyway, after the service, I asked, I said, uh, what was that all about? Well, why were you doing that? He said, well, for years, it took them years to get wrapped up in their sins and I'm just unwinding and I got to think to myself, what if he's turned them the wrong way? <laughs> I mean, you've got to use wisdom. If they're all wrapped up in issues, if you're going to unwind them, you've got to know which way to spin them. <laughs> it kind of struck my funny bone, okay? <laughs> I see things differently than other people do. And I see things a little bit humorous. And I thought, some of them ought to be spun like a top. If that would work, I know a lot of people, I'd just stand up and wrap a big old cord around them. I'd get old Bobby out there with my Ford, and I'd hook onto him, and I'd have him blast off, and I'd spin them suckers. <laughs> we'd unwind them. I thought, <laughs> oh, God. The modern church gorges itself on pleasure without responsibility and excellence without exerting we you just want to have excellence, but we don't want to plan for it and work for it. No, we, just want, we just want excellence. Expression without restraint. Now, I'll tell you, though, all of those things are well-dressed lies. There's a time to express yourself, and there's a time to keep quiet. And you have to be wise enough to know when that is. Amen. Understand this principle. And, and those of you that are journaling, God's spiritual life course specializes in waiting. There is a time to go. There is a time to act. And it comes most often after we have learned to wait. Now, there's a, there's a funny, to me, when I read stuff in the Bible, uh, some things strike me really hilarious. 2 Samuel chapter 5, I want to take you to a, uh, an incident in David's life. Chapter 5, verses 23 and 24. Therefore, David inquired of the Lord, and he said, you shall not go up, you know, and he's inquiring about how we're going to face this battle. You shall not go up, circle around behind them, and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. Now, check this next one out. And it shall be, when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly. Now, my question was, you got to be listening pretty close. What, what is the sound of marching in the mulberry trees going to sound like? So David sits down, marches his army out behind the enemy, and he sits down, and he's listening. Now, put yourself in his position. The general comes up, and he says, Now, David, when we're going to go? 
I'll let you know in a little bit. He goes back, so he waits for a while. He comes back. David, we're all ready. We've waited here for a long time. When are we going to go? David said, well, uh, I'm waiting. What are we waiting for? <laughs> you know, you've got to be careful. You don't want to go too quickly. And I don't know what it sounds like marching in mulberry trees. And then how are you going to explain that to the you There are some things you can't explain to people. Now, what would David look like if he turned around and said, I'm, I'm waiting for a sound on top of these mulberry trees. Now, how would you like to follow that guy into battle? <laughs> David's lost his mind. He's waiting to hear sounds on the top of those trees. I probably, now, it, it, you, can't, you can't express that to people. David's waiting on God. God's given him a word. And he's got to wait there in spite of all the pressure to go. Now, if you, go, if you move too quick, he's going to be destroyed. He's got to wait for that certain moment. I thought that was kind of a, a humorous, humorous situation that he was in. Waiting is the most important principle in the fulfillment of God's promises in your life. Waiting is the most important principle in the fulfillment of God's promises in your life. Ask Abraham. Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. Oh, okay, good. Cool, that's good. And he waits. And he waits. And he waits, and he's getting older, and he waits, and he waits, and he waits for years until that promised seed came. Now, he made some mistakes while he was waiting, and we need to talk about that. But he waited for some 13 years after the birth of an Ishmael that he, that he got as a result of him getting in, in, involved in it. He waited 13 years later, the promised seed came. I'm telling you, waiting is the most important principle in the fulfillment of God's promises in your life. Waiting is a, prom is a process God uses to mature and establish the believer's heart. It is not a waste of time. Some people look at waiting on God, oh, that's a waste of time. We, we need to just, you know, get on with it. Folks who think this way usually never finish a project. They never count the cost. People who have weight problems are usually in debt. Credit cards are maxed out. All of the issues that goes along with a, with a problem of not knowing how to wait on God to come along and answer your prayers. Waiting in a, is a ministry that you and I cannot afford to bypass. You cannot bypass. You, you know, it, it's something that you have to learn. The way you handle your spiritual load or your spiritual weight, and I'm not talking about W-A-I-T, I'm talking about W-E-I-G-H-T now. The way you handle your spiritual weight will be determined by your ability to wait on God. But if you're willing to be exercised in the ministry of waiting, there will be nothing that will ever come your way that will reduce you or defeat you or cause you harm or cause you to be uh, uh, you know, disappointed. You have learned to wait upon God. All of us have to learn. Jesus had to wait for his time. He was repeatedly saying, my hour's not yet, my hour's not come. He waited 30 years to start his ministry when he was smart enough at 12 uh, that the doctors of the temple couldn't, couldn't answer the questions. Uh, he, they marveled at his education, but he waited until 30, and the, it was a process of time. It's a ministry that you and I cannot afford to bypass. Five things the ministry of waiting does for us. And for those of you that are journaling, I want you to put these down. Five things the ministry of waiting does for us. Number one, 
Waiting brings out the best and the worst in people. Waiting brings out the best and the worst in people. Folks who are not committed won't wait very long. Say, I want it now. I want immediate cash. I want fast food. So when God puts you on hold, if you're not committed to seeing it through, you will throw in the towel. Folks who are committed will not wait very long. They're only interested in short-term gains and short-term success. That is the reason there are too many two-year preachers. Why is there two-year preachers? Because preachers want instant success too. I have them come through a lot. Oh, this is what I want right here. This is what I want. How do I get this? Oh, go buy 60 chairs, folding chairs, metal chairs, brown ones. We got brown ones. That might be the key right there, brown chairs. Go get brown chairs. Go down and rent the women's club and set it up. And that's where you start. See, they want to start here. But this is a result of years and years and years and years and years of waiting and sacrificing and working. You know, someone said if your ship doesn't come in, maybe you ought to start building one. Get a hammer and a nail and start working on one. We have too many two-year preachers and they're, they're wanting short-term success and gains. It's the reason people quit church ministry. As soon as it, gets, as it gets a little difficult or becomes work, they start something and then they disappear. Oh, I didn't sign up for the work. I didn't sign up. Well, you know, it started out a great success, but now it's work to keep this thing going. Well, that's, that's what goes along with ministry. Someone has to roll up their sleeves and go in and get the job done, whether someone shows up or not. Uh, you know, the church goes on. Whether you, know, whether you have support or you don't have support, you've got to just keep, you got to keep chugging right along. Why? Because that's what you do in ministry. We have too many short-term preachers and we have too many short-term people that are involved in church ministry. Well, I thought it was going to be easy. Who told you that? Church ministry is some of the hardest things that you will ever learn to do. Why? Because you work with people. Here, Jesus. People will drive you nuts. Look at me. If you don't believe that, you ask Moses. These bunch of people, these are your people, not mine. He got so mad that he disobeyed God, and it can't, God canceled his ticket to the promised land. Have you read it? And why was he angry? People. <laughs> In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it is, this, this is humorous. Uh, I get my funny bone, you know, there were... Jesus, after the resurrection, appeared to some 500, at one time, over 500 people. He told them all the same thing. Go to Jerusalem, and you wait for power from up on high. You go, but you're going to wait. You tarry there. Now, over 500 people. So they was up there in that waiting for what? Some 10 days. Uh, I wonder how much of the crowd left after the first day. 
Now, he spoke to over 500 and told them, you go, and you wait, and you tarry there until you be endued from, with power from on high. Now, some of them, no doubt, the uncommitted ones who want instant success, they probably left the first day. Then the second day come, dawned, and nothing happened. Third day comes, more left. God just wanted, I got, I'm going back to work, I'm going back to fishing. Uh, besides, I, we probably heard him wrong. He didn't say, wait and tarry. You know, so why, why wait? The fifth day coming on, sixth day, seventh day, people, more people left. And by the time the tenth day rolled around and people were blessed, there's only 120 people left out of over 500 people who obeyed what God had told them to do. Ten days. Jesus went back and told his disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane, couldn't you, Terry, one hour? Couldn't you just pray one hour? They had fallen asleep. Listen to me. Waiting brings out the best and the worst in people. Secondly, waiting builds patience into our life. If we cannot wait for God to do small things, how are we going to learn how to wait on God for the bigger things? Hebrews chapter 10, verses 35 and 36 says, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of patience or endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. When God has given us promises, now listen, you can miss the blessing that God intends for you if you do not have patience. I've experienced it in my personal natural life, and maybe you have too. You've moved too soon, and somebody else, and I believe this, somebody else gets the blessing that God intended for you. My dad was one of the best men that I ever knew, but he was not very long on patience. You can ask my mama. Was, he'd have a bad year, and uh, it was time to move on. I moved, I, I went to four different high schools. Now, I was fortunate enough that I, when we moved, we moved back in the same district, so I was able to go back to the same school. But the reason being he would have a bad year and he would pick up and move. Now, all the places we moved from, they struck oil on. This is true. This is true, absolutely true. Mom's drawing big dividends right now from the oil, because he kept some of the mineral rights from all of those places. He should have kept them all, but he didn't. And every place we live back there, there's oil on now, and all those people are filthy rich on my money. <laughs> Impatience can cost you an inheritance. It can cost you. Don't take matters into your own hands. Learn how to wait on God. When you take matters into your own hands, as, as Abraham tried to do, then you'll give birth to an Ishmael in your life. And listen, Ishmael's going to cause you some problems. Where did Ishmael come from? They, 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 they got a promise from God. You're going to you'll be blessed. You're going to get a son. And then through the process, they got tired of waiting. And here comes Abraham's wife says, here, take my handmaiden. And you go in unto her. We're getting too old to conceive. Uh, we got to help God out. How many knows that God doesn't need no help? 
We must develop the ability to wait upon God. And if he has given you a word, then you'll stay strong. Just stay in faith and God will bring it to pass in your life. Waiting builds. Now, thirdly, waiting builds anticipation. I'm going to hurry. We've got, got kids coming in. Waiting builds anticipation. Why is there so much excitement at Christmas? Linda could not wait to know what her presents were. She is the worst. And then she has to tell the kids what they got. Our kids don't have to sneak around. Mom tells them. I thought, Linda, why wrap it up? Why waste our money wrapping that gift up? You're going to tell them what it is anyway. So it's terrible. Waiting bills. Now, I knew it wasn't too much anticipation around our house at Christmas. All the kids knew what they were going to get anyway. But wanting those kids anticipating Christmas, that big package under the tree or whatever, man, they're wanting to know what it is, and you had to beat them up to keep them off of it, don't you? How many of you guys snuck in and unwrapped your gift? Yeah, see there. Anticipation. Anticipation. Waiting builds anticipation. Learn to live expectantly. I'm expecting the Lord to return. I'm expecting the Lord to answer my prayers. I'm expecting a turnaround in the situation that I am in. I'm expecting a breakthrough in the situation that I'm going through. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting, live with expectancy because you have a word from God. You have a promise from God. Well, you say, well, what if it doesn't happen? I tell you, if it doesn't happen, it's on God, not me. I'm waiting. And I'm waiting with expectancy. What if you go to heaven? Boy, that's even better. Live with expectancy. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 just simply says this, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. That doesn't mean you'll sprout wings. It means like the eagle spreads out his wings and the air current begins to flow underneath his wings and the, the flow of the air current just kind of lifts him above the storms and the processes of this life. That's what you're going to be when you and as I begin to develop this thing called waiting. The storms that begin to blow over our life. Storms are going to come regardless of who you are, regardless of how much faith you have. I'm telling you the storms are going to come. But if you have the ability to wait on God, you're going to mount up above those things in the name of Jesus. They'll not discourage you, nor defeat you. The scripture goes on to say, they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Get your eyes off of your issues onto the one who's going to answer your issues. Waiting transforms our character. Number four, waiting transforms our character. Being put on hold has a way of rubbing all the rough edges off our life, doesn't it? Waiting sometimes helps us get our theology. What do I mean by that? The way we believe, straightened out. The story of Moses being an instrument to deliver God's people is a great story, isn't it? Boy, he comes in, marches into Pharaoh's court, let my people go. Bless God. Well, that's all a great story. And all those great miracles he did, that's a great story. But before he did that, how many knows where Moses was at? Forty years on the backside of the desert, alone with God. Why? What happened to Moses? See, the miracles come after the what? The waiting. 
What was it that he learned in the desert? He learned how to hear the voice of God. He developed an ability to know what God was saying. He heard God speak. He saw the, the miracles of God, the burning bush. He saw all those things. He experienced all those things in the desert place. Before the miracles ever came, folks, he marched 40 years through a desert. If you're in a desert place today, let me, let me give you a word. You're not on sinking sand. You are not on desperate ground. But you're on productive ground because God's fixing to elevate you to a different level. You have to look at your issues and the, the, the crisis and the things that face you and the storms and the trials that come across your life. You have to look at them differently or they will defeat you. They come as an opportunity to, for God to prove something in your life by the ability of waiting. Number five, in closing, waiting builds in, intimacy and dependency upon God. Steffi, I want you to play something. Waiting builds intimacy and dependency upon God. Like it or not, during difficult times, it's during those difficult times that we develop our relationship with God. When things are going good, we have a tendency of easing up. Isn't it true? I, I'm, as, I'm as human as the rest of you. When things are going good, we have a tendency to not be quite as committed. During times when things are just going so good, we have a tendency to let up, not be as disciplined. Isn't it true? I want you to get this down in your heart in closing this this morning. God is not just interested in the destination He has taken you to. I, mean, here, I want you to hear this. God is not just interested in the destination He's taken you to. He is also interested in the journey. We are all on a journey. And God has taken us someplace. And God is not just interested in where He's taken you. He's interested in the process of going through every day with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am a very present help in time of trouble. So while if God has you on hold this morning and you're in the midst of waiting on God through situations, trials or tests, no matter what they may be, and you can put your own name on it because I'm persuaded probably all of this building is going through some kind of stuff. God is not interested just in where He's taking you, but He's interested in every step of the journey that you're going through. Develop an intimacy with God. Take advantage of the situation. You'll learn more about God in the test of life than you ever will in the blessings of life. Should I run that by you again? Because sometimes we're just interested in the blessings and God is, is involved in the process, so we'll know Him. We'll get to know Him. Am I saying God, you know, God's not going to do something? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying learn to wait on God. Your situation is not hopeless. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, we, we pray for these folks today. Waiting on you is not always easy. God, you, you already are aware of that. Some in this building are in the midst of situations now and they're in the process of waiting, seeing, sorting things out. They're wrestling with discouragement and fear, uncertainty. God, I'm praying that you'll speak to them today. Speak to their heart. Let them know that they can still trust you in the dark the same as they can in the light. He is the same God when you're going through tests as He is when you're walking in favor. Perhaps there's someone here who you're discouraged. You're going through the, the heat of the struggle and, you, and it just, it's just getting you. First of all, I don't want you to be ashamed. You are not in any position that most of us have not gone through ourselves a time or two. But if you are here and you're discouraged with the whole process and you desire God to just rejuvenate your spirit, would you just stand right where you're at today? Don't be afraid. Today, I, 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 this is not just a message that I, that I preach just to make you feel good or whatever. I'm telling you, if this thing will work. This thing will work. I want you to stand. Going through some just situations and, and things, I, I'm discouraged and I need, I need God to speak to me today. Give me strength today. People are standing all over the building. I, I need, I need God's strength before I leave today. I need to know that God has not abandoned me or left me alone. And if that's how you are feeling today, you need to reject those thoughts. You need to turn those things aside. God is waiting patiently. He is waiting patiently. He is working in your behalf. He is on your side. He has your back. Maybe some things that he'll ask you to do but you can do them in Jesus' name. And just stay in faith and hope and live with expectancy that what God has promised you in the light, you can believe it for Him in the dark. We'll wait for you. Is there others that you want to stand? You're weary. You're weary from the struggle. Weary from the struggle. Some of you believers that are close by, those that are standing, just lay your hand on their shoulder. We're going to pray. Will you do that? They're all over the building. We're going to pray for them. We're going to strengthen them. We're going to ask God to strengthen them today. We're going to ask God to strengthen them today. Father, in the name of Jesus, someone with Joe, Marty, in the name of Jesus, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for those that have responded today. They're in a place that no doubt most of us have been ourselves. 
when we just don't see any way out. We've come to the place where we don't we have we have lost God that our sense of direction and in the midst of waiting God our focus has become blurred. I pray that you will speak to their hearts today. Let them know there's no situation that is called hopeless. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. In the midst of the waiting, let faith arise in their heart. We come against the thoughts of fear and uncertainty and doubt. We come against those things right now that would try to rob our brothers and our sisters of their faith and their courage and their hope. We come against those, say, hope stealers that are implanted in our mind, the words that rob us of hope. And today we're going to begin to live with expectancy again to see you move in our life. We don't know when, we don't know how, we don't know how, how it's going to, but we know one thing that you can bring it to pass in our life, that we will survive. We will survive. These are our brothers and sisters, Lord God. And we stand together with them today and we pour strength into their life. Let grace and strength arise in Jesus' name today. In Jesus' name today. Give the Lord a big hand. Will you do that? Come on. <laughs> oh, my Father in heaven, pour strength into their life today. Today. It ain't over till it's over. Amen. It ain't over till a fat lady sings. Hey. Man, I, that's anointed right there. Woo. Stand with me all across the building. It is good to see you guys. We have church tonight at 6 o'clock, okay? All right. God bless you guys. See you tonight.